as symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to Arn. This is Paul Bromwell, and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, creator of the Spine Buster. He's the 1A of tag team wrestlers. And man, we found out last week he'd do just about anything. Yes, even be Winnie the Pooh to, to earn a paycheck in wrestling. He is double A Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week, my friend? I'm, I stayed strong. I did not get any whiskey. After the brow beating and Winnie the Pooh <laughs> sighting, sightings that we had several times through the show. Oh, man. Hey, listen, that was entertaining and fun. And I love doing the show with you. And we're going to have fun again this week. But thank you for being a good sport. That was that was so good. And you. Oh. Well, hey, we uh, before we get into to this week, because we're going to talk all things October. It's Halloween season. The kids are going to be running around looking for candy uh, as this episode drops. This episode drops on the uh, 28th of October. So just a few short days after this drops on the main feed, there's going to be kids running around, Arn, and the kids love to run to your house or what? I heard you have a pretty popular place with the, the good candy. I'm the candy man, brother. No penny candy at our joint. You either get a Reese's or a pack of M&M's or... Good Snickers. Oh, like like a Snickers bar, maybe. Full candy bars. Yes, sir. Oh, you're my hero. Yeah, I mean, we're that house that everybody knew about. And Halloween night, you were on your best behavior. I love it. I love it. Well, sounds like a good time. And uh, we hope that all of you are enjoying the season. And uh, real quick, before, like I said, we jump in, I wanted to remind folks, we haven't talked about it even. There is a Comic-Con in Florida, Tallahassee, Florida, at the Donald Tucker Center, I believe, is uh, mm -hmm. the Civic Center. Yep. You and Brock, November 4th, are going to be there. Is that correct, my friend? That is correct, and it is the first time Tallahassee is, is hosting a Comic-Con. So a lot of firsts for our, our first time being there in this capacity and their first time being there as well. Well, if you're in the area uh, that weekend, November 4th, 5th, make sure you go down and say hi to Arn. And, uh, hey, listen, he's still good on Hershey's with almonds, right? You, you don't need any given to no, you? No, you know, it'll be about time. To it's time to turn it back on. Reload. It's time to reload. So if you go see him there or at Thanksgiving weekend, WrestleCade, uh, that's yes. November 24th through 26th, bring your Hershey with almonds bars. Arn's running low. So we need to take care of them. Oh, I will be Winnie the Pooh when this hey, is We got to fill up that honey bucket. He don't want honey. He wants Hershey's with almonds. And we're going to do our best to help support you, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Winston-Salem, North Kagalaki is where it's all going down. And it's in horseman country. And that's where you're going to find Arn Brock, their beautiful smiles, 
their autographs. You're going to have a great time meeting the enforcer. Listen, he's one of those guys that takes the time for his fans and is very friendly. And I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy your meet and greet with him. So take advantage of it, whether you're in the Tallahassee area, the first weekend in November, or if you are in Winston-Salem, get your tickets. This is a huge convention, WrestleCade. Brock's going to be wrestling that Saturday night. So go support our man, Brock Anderson as well. Cheer him on. He wants to hear you from the, from the crowd. Arn, I uh, can't wait for that event for you guys. You know, you never know. Depending on how I feel that night, things get out of hand. I may punch somebody in the nose. That's a little too close to Charlotte. Be You've been known there. to throw down a DDT here and there sometimes still. I will light a man up if it's uh, required. Well, well, listen, we, uh, we're going to talk about the horseman store at the end of this episode, because it's a big hit right now. I'm telling you, well, forget it. We're talking about it now. People are lining up in their virtual shopping carts for sweatshirts and hoodies. Ever since we talked about it last week, I'm seeing the orders come through Arn. I don't know about you, but they're looking for the sweatshirt you're wearing. They're looking for it in the hoodie form. Also the television title sweatshirt I was wearing last week, that hoodie I've had guys DMing me on Twitter talking about that. They want the jackets. Christmas is coming. It's hot. It's the place to go for all things Anderson and four horsemen merch. So we can't thank you enough, but that's where you got to go check it out. Guys, it, it won't be long till it's November, for gosh sakes. It's flying by. Don't get backlogged on this stuff. If you're going to get a jacket or or something of that nature, or even the hats, you know, that they do incredible needlework on. They look awesome. Get your order in early. The embroidery is first class. I know it took us a little while before to find a vendor, and the vendor did we find the right one, man. And they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, one of these shows, I'm going to break out my horseman jacket behind me and wear it for the entire show. Uh, it's getting to be that kind of chilly uh, here, and my office is above the garage, so it can tend to get a little little chilly up here. So I'm going to break one out for one of these episodes. I may do the exact same thing. How about I that? I like it. I like it. Well, uh, listen, last week we discussed the inaugural fall brawl pay-per-view, including that war games match. We also talked about the world title match with Rick Rude and Ric Flair. Uh, the, the war games match, by the way, ended, uh, ended with a bear hug from uncle Fred. I mean, yes, that's how a war games match ended. No blood bear hug, uncle Fred. Can you believe that? I've been in some that I, they literally stopped it due to loss of blood. Yeah. On well, this all was, the participants. This was lo, lo, a lack of oxygen, probably because from the rest for us at home too, it was like a mercy, mercy ending. It sounded, it was so bad. Uh, the tag match that ended with the nasty boys, they defeated you and Roma ending what you would, would, would be your very last run. We didn't even talk about this. This is your last run as world tag team champion. Wow, and they beat us twice in a row? Yes. Something wrong with that picture. Buddy, this week we're going to cover all things October 1993. The month is very consequential for the future of WCW with some long-term implications for both the company and the wrestlers that work for it. And as with every month, it features a major pay-per-view. We're going to discuss all the happenings leading up to Halloween Havoc, the fallout from the event. But before we get to the New Orleans uh, area there and the Bayfront Bay Arena, we're going to take a look at what was happening during the buildup here of October 93. 
three. And this week I want to begin our discussion with the rematch you and Roma had it's October 2nd. It's WCW Saturday night. We were just talking about this. It's our first clip and we're going to see you in the nasties in that return match for the world tag team titles. Let's check, check it out together. The world tag team champions in this big return match having their way with Arn Anderson. And you got to wonder how much injury is this arm sustaining? Anderson, they made, this is an Anderson trademark, the hammerlock slam. The only trademark about it is it's usually Anderson giving it instead of receiving it. That's right. I'll tell you, the Nasties had a good plan here, Tony. They played that game of possum at the start of this matchup. They slowed the pace down. They waited for the horseman to make a mistake, which Anderson did, and now it's been all nasty boys ever since. That's exactly right. Brian Knobs. Anderson goes head first. Tag and a sag. Some great teamwork by the nasty boys. Of course, their manager, Missy Hyatt, down at ringside. And Missy knows about teamwork, if anybody does. I get oh! A reverse DDT! And a tremendous desperation move by Arn Anderson, but it worked! There's Missy encouraging her man to get up! When you look at Missy, a man don't need much encouragement. Oh, here we go. I'm going to cut that comment off. And a tag is made. Here we go. Paul Roma. Whoa, catches Nobs with a beautiful drop kick. Close line sags. Close line Nobs. Look at I'm running out of breath, Tony. Oh, a hand with a chest because Paul Roma has not. Throws Nobs in the sides. Roma. Sensing that they can become World Tag Team Champions again, the Double Coconuts. We got all four going at it now. Who's Anderson. legal? Who's legal? I think it's Roma and uh, Sags. No, I think it's Roma and Knox. It may be. Swan dive. Wait a minute, the boot. Whoa. The boot up low. Wait a minute, one. The champ success, successfully defend. Ladies and gentlemen, the winners of the match, Sags, Nobs, the Nasty Boy. Just like that, you lose again the return match, Arn. We weren't very good. He gets hit with the boot there, and that uh, behind the referee's back, Nobs gets the win. And uh, might I uh, just say here again, this match airs two weeks after the fall brawl pay-per-view. Uh, Nasty Boys, they move on. They move on to Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. And uh, this program is over. I want to ask, was there ever, do you remember, again, we're going back several years ago, uh, was there ever a match or a longer program that you can recall discuss with the four of you at this point? Or was this just felt like you were just transitional champions? No, that, uh, that was probably it. Two and done. Trust, I got a feeling they got to be getting close to him and Orndorff, don't you think? 
I think so. And too, it's interesting. This, this, the rematch isn't on Halloween Havoc. No, it's a TV match. Um, so it's not even stretched out the build for a pay-per-view return match. Uh, I go back to the original hold. Point me, tell me how much time I need. Put them on. I'll get something accomplished. At least that one wasn't as sloppy as the first one. You, uh, you guys are still working as a match, but you're also starting to work some singles matches, uh, this month on, and one that sticks out in particular, was a uh, WCW Saturday night. It's October 9th, 1993, William Regal, who had just defeated Ricky Steamboat for the television title. He defends that title against you. You're a three-time TV champion at this point in time. And, uh, we have it here. It's our second clip of the week. We're going to take a look at this one between, Regal and you for the TV championship. Here we go. I bet you 37 cents. This one's better. Here we go. I just don't like Sir William because of how he dresses, I think. No, it has nothing to do with it. Oh, no, again. Well, that's it. If it covers you now, it's over. Yet Anderson's still moving. Yeah, he's gonna go pick him up. Lord Stephen driving in those forearms. Arn Anderson back with a left hand of his own. One, two, Nasir. Great matchup. Two great athletes. Television title on the line in the waning moments of this match. Regal hooking his hands and pulling up on the chest and head of Anderson while putting his knee oh, on. Look at this. What do you call that, Tony? Trying to thumb him in the eye. That's horseman scientific wrestling, right? Why didn't you react that way when he was bludgeoned with an umbrella? I did. I said Bannon, unless it's raining. Right on the chest. A cover one, two. Arn Anderson continues to show his tenacity here. And he's hurting as well. Well, Arn had everything going his way, as you said, Tony, until Lord Stephen fired him out through the ropes and Sir William gave him a little love tap with the umbrella. A little love tap. A little love tap. You can say that again. A little love tap. That's the third time. Regal trying to hang on to this title. Right now, he's just trying to put it in the deep freeze. He's not trying to win this match, I'm sure. But Anderson's got to kick it in high gear. Two minutes. Two minutes, Two minutes Kopetsky said. That's all Lord Stephen has to do is stall it out. If I was him, I'd bail out of the ring if I could. Get to the floor. Anderson shoots him in. The knee to the jaw. Double A is weary. Oh, he measured it. That one might have been a little low. That one was not. That was right in the gut. Double A took up. Anderson. In the midsection again. 
He's ready for the spine basket. He's ready to become the world television champion here. Here he goes. Now he went with the knee. And cover. Two. One minute remains the time limit. 60 seconds. All right, now for Anderson. He's got him going. Goes to the midsection again. And cover. And Lord Stephen throws the shoulder up again. One, two, and again he gets it out. Less than 45 seconds. Oh, what a match. Left hand of the head. Fans are standing. 30 seconds to time. All Lord Stephen's got to do is hang on for 30. Hang on for 30. Joanne's up on the apron. Into the rock. Spine buster. No. He, he blocked it. 15 seconds. He picks up Anderson. He Anderson. can't hold him. He's got it! Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, go! Too, no. too late the bell, Lord Stephen survived! It's over. Anderson thought he won, thought he won it. But no, that's not the case. Absolutely, time limit draw, Tony. And more to come on Saturday You said it. You were saying right before we went into it, I bet you this one's going to be a lot better. And it, and it was, man. Yeah, Regal was excellent, excellent performer. Great psychology. I love that European style, too. I, I've been calling him William Regal. Here he's Lord Stephen Regal. And, uh, but man, here are the last two weeks that we've been doing these shows together. It's interesting because you're the baby face, the horsemen are the baby faces. You're seeing a lot of, I guess, plays from the horseman playbook, you know, from back in the day, rude using a pair of brass knucks to defeat flair this week, Regal using the time limit expire. So you're a career heel. And now here you are losing by some of the same tactics that you used so many times in your past. Uh, which tells me I had it coming. Mm. But I, I'm with you though. As I watch this and I watch this part of your career, you were just, you, your, your lane was heel. Heel Anderson was the best Anderson. hundred percent. You'll find me fair on that. I was just, I was doing the best that I could do with what I was given. And uh, I was a, I'll be the first to tell you, I have no babyface skills. And that manifests itself in every single match that I have. You know, all I could do is sell, which is the biggest part of our business. In some way, somehow, either let them think they're going to get a spine buster or have them get a spine buster because that kind of helped me to catch up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, listen, on the reverse side of this, without this baby face run, you might not have had an opportunity to wrestle, uh, a sir, you know, Lord Stephen Regal in a match like this. Right. You know, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't have. And how much does it mean to you? You're now inserted back into a single spot for the television title, which is cool to see here too. After all these years. Yeah. You know, I always said that, you know, I prefer to work tags 
if the scenario is we're the champion and we have great challengers. But, you know, if, if it's an not a good situation for a tag match, you know, at least if I'm in a single, I'm in control of my own destiny. We, uh, we have our first question of the week from Adam Arthur Krasnov and he writes at this time, Bill Dundee, who we saw there was working both as an agent and as an on-screen manager. He's Sir William. Is there anything Dundee did that stuck with you when you later transitioned into an agent role? Completely different, uh, thought process, completely different careers, backgrounds, thought process, psychology, everything. You know, what you bring to, if if you're going to be a good agent slash producer, I believe you've got to be a, a, at least a good worker, if not a great worker, and so that you understand psychology and you can apply that to a guy's style. You know, a lot of stuff in this business is interchangeable. Bill came from Tennessee, and a lot of that was ha-ha. The Tennessee style, it was exciting. It was fun to watch. But it was totally different from Jim Crockett Promotions. So we brought different thought processes to the table. Different thought processes, different perspectives. And still, there can be good synergies out of that, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, that Tennessee was... One of the longest lasting, you know, territories that there was. Had a lot of great performers come out of there. A lot of big stars went through there. Just it's just different from Crockett. Sure. Arm, we're gonna pause and talk about our favorite sponsor once again this week. That's right, it's Blue Chew time. And they're here to make sure you're delivering that spine buster, putting that spine to the pine every single time the right way and making sure you're prepared to do so. And they have a special offer for the listeners of the Arn Show. Isn't that right, Arn? Arn? Well, guys, Arn's not around right now. I think he's taking care of business, if you know what I mean. And I want to make sure you have the opportunity to take care of business, too. Guys, Blue Chew is an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office. We talk about it every single week. No weird conversations. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. And remember the biggest perk and benefit of this, it ships right to your door in a discreet package. So listen, go to bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. They're just gonna ask you a few questions, make sure you're good, your health's in order, and you can take it. And once they verify that, it's gonna be at your door within days, all done online very easy and if you don't like swallowing pills no big deal the tablets are chewable very easy to consume so give it a try guys listen we hear a lot of folks that listen to our show that have reached out to us uh, directly through our show dms and said guys you are spot on with what you've been talking about with blue chew we have a lot of fun with it on the show but i'm telling you it takes away the worries, the anxiety, the stress, and helps you perform the way you want to perform, like a Hall of Famer, like Arn Anderson. So there you go. Check it out. BlueChew.com can make sure you're able to perform at your very best every time you get the opportunity to have fun. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code ARN. That's right. Just those three letters, A-R-N, check out. You just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Bluechew.com, promo code ARN to receive your first month free. Once again, go to bluechew.com for more details and safety info.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, before we get to Halloween Havoc, we have another match where you and Roma team together to take on the Colossal Kongs on the WCW main event from October 24th, 1993. We have it, the third clip of the week. We're going to hear ahead. We have to. We're going to watch you and the Colossal Kongs. Uh, you and Roma take on the Killer Kongs, managed by Harley Race, but in this match, he's also seconded by Colonel Robert Parker. Man, we got a lot of colossal things out here at ringside. Let's take a look. Here we go. Head first. And the Kongs. <laughs> now the other half of the colossal Kong. He had a little bit more speed in the other one, but it wasn't good enough. This is King Kong. Of course it is. Of course, Reedy's tight. <laughs> Well, that's how you can tell. <laughs> no, no, he has getting his two cents worth there. Awesome Love it. King. That doesn't matter now because Arn Anders, the enforcer, is going for the legs here, Larry. Well, that's the movie. Go for the legs. Get the man off his feet. Now this is the Arn Anderson I know. Now he's in there thinking. Anderson. We've seen the colossal Kongs. As you take a look at a horseman's shirt. We've seen the awesome Kongs come into this, or the Colossal Kongs, if you will, come into the ring and basically dominate people where they're not even taking off their feet. Well, that's the secret. I mean, these guys have an awful lot of weight, and the best way to neutralize that is to put them on the mat. To the foot again, but a rake to the eyes. One half of the Colossal Kongs still on his feet, and here's a tag. the back of the neck the cons big headbutt and roma stuck in a corner now that's a huge headbutt you're not kidding it is close line roma slow to get to his feet kong with an uppercut I don't know if Roma knows where he is. He just got cranked by a 500-pound Kong. Yeah, he's caught in a quarter, and he is in trouble. Over the top. Ah. Whoa! We saw that one coming. We almost had a different-looking Roma. Yeah, there was, to me, nothing left of Paul Roma had that connected. And he tumbles out of the way and makes tag. Tag on both ends out. The horseman against the Kongs. But it was Anderson. He just said, forget the wrestling. He can, I see this man knock out a cow. Colonel Parker is calling someone from the locker room area. Look at him in the background there. Who's he calling for? I don't know. It's Yoshi Kwan for crying out loud. What's he in there for? Basically, now we got three on two. 
He's got to race his entire stable out here except for Vader. The entire race stable, you're exactly right. Going after the horseman, Yoshi Kwan and the Colossal Kongs. This is starting to sound like a Nintendo game. Yoshi Kwan, the <laughs> Long Duck Dongs. Oh no, that's Robert Parker. You got Awesome Kong, Big Kong. Both those boys look like they like the old chicken skin, by the way, that we so talked I, about. Yeah, so I'm even getting my ass kicked in a video game. Yeah, pretty much. I mean. That I didn't get paid for. Right. You're, you got no rights to that one. By the way, you are going to be in a video game next year, a downloadable character. Right. But let's talk about the Kongs here. King and Killer Kong or whatever his name was. Also, I don't even know what the other Kong's name was. Talk about your relationship with the Kong boys. Do you remember being buddies with the Kongs? Did you ever go to a Chinese buffet maybe with the Kongs? And maybe in Hong Kong, did you hang out with them? Tell us about the Kongs. Have you been with Mike Tyson smoking dope? <laughs> you and Flair and Iron Mike haven't burned <laughs> one before this show. No, I am feeling a little loopy. It's a little late night as we record here, but I just can't believe as a tag team specialist that you're involved with, with this, this group here. It, it just, two it's things are, two things are true. Two things are true here. The Kongs are not going to go off their feet. <laughs> and how, when, where, and why Yoshi Kwan hit the ring on Harley Race's behalf, how we knew that and how it happened. I wished I'd have burned a big doobie for the show. Because <laughs> I really don't remember that. And there's a reason oh man oh they, they, so, anybody that looks at me in this business if i ever have somebody look at me after see living reliving all this yes and some guy looks at me if i ever again am in a producer slash agent capacity with anybody for any reason or just in charge of a match for whatever reason yeah and if they ever look at me and go well, I don't really, you know, that really doesn't work for me after the shit I've done in this business. I better never, ever hear the word no, because there's no explanation that will override what we just saw. Aren't I can see you though, producing a match and just be like, Hey, listen, I remember back in 1993, it was a match. It was me against the Kongs. Okay. Yoshi Kwan ran in. It was so over with the crowd. You don't see yourself maybe telling this story again after watching that, like helping a wrestler out with this one. This 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 match should have been burnt in front of the crowd <laughs> the following week. Just put the film in a big trash can and said, "Folks, if there any of you were here last week, we are so sorry." that you had to sit through this, but we will not for generations to come allow it and set it on fire. Well, I am thankful for one man by the name of Richard land, who was able to provide us with the footage this week. So I could just sit here and be amused and watch this back with you. I bet Richard sits there with a Cavassier or something laughing his ass off pull when he pulls these clips up going oh Aaron's gonna, I'm a, yep. he's gonna be a sick bastard when he sees this can't wait for him to watch he's, this shit 
He better hope I never see him in person. <laughs> oh man, Richard Lang getting into it. I love it. This is so awesome. I still got enough for one more little explosion, Richard. Richard you may just be the one to get it. He's got a spine buster maybe with your name on it, Richard Lynn, and, and we'll make sure someone is around to videotape it and you can keep that clip forever. How's that? This will probably be more like headbutts to the teeth. <laughs> oh man. So good. Hey, if you were wrestling as Winnie the Pooh, I've been meaning to ask you this, what would be your main maneuver? You think what would be one of your main, would you stick with the spine buster or would Pooh bear have a different move? Maybe like the honey bear plop, maybe something from the top rope, just a big old, like, you know, how Black Bart used to do the old butt flop from the top rope. You have really gotten nuts lately, haven't you? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, I don't know. You're actually thinking. trying to turn this into a real thing. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, yes. I feel like we need Arn the Pooh t-shirts. It, it was just a mental note for you to put yourself in a, funny place it was not meant for you to start figuring out moves that fit high spots merchandise we can Man, do the whole just... thing yes yes we'll have fun uh listen the kongs though but here's the deal we'll we'll get this just train back on the track that was a lot of fun they are supposed for who to, for, for the for our listeners <sighs> okay We'll try to bring it back into what was going on 93. Although this is hell of a time. I am entertained and I hope you guys are too. They were brought in the Harley races stable, not to, not to enjoy meals with Vader on the road, but to compliment Vader. You, you look at the big man, Vader, you got the awesome, their colossal Kongs. So this is an intimidating group. The sheer size of these men. You know, obviously you and Roma can't do a lot with them. It's not like you're body slamming them. It's not like you're, you know, suplexing them. Um, you know, they're obviously not on the same level as Vader. You know, we've noted that Leon's a special athlete only comes around once in a generation, but, uh, talk about working with guys, this, the size, the girth, the load that these two are, that's gotta be difficult. Put the, how about putting the, uh, the guy that does the clips yeah, find, just, yeah. find out how long these people were with the company. <laughs> these people. <laughs> they could have gotten they could have gotten canned <laughs> right after this match. They could have. They could have. There's there's not a lot you can do with those guys had to be over four hundred pounds apiece. Easily massive. You know, there's very limited what you can do with guys like that. And I would suggest if you put them in a six-man with Leon, Leon as their partner, Leon would have to be the one to, to go off his feet at some point. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And now that alone should tell you what's crazy about that. What's wrong with that picture? Yeah, what's wrong with that picture when Leon's got to be doing the He's acrobatics. your top heel. He's your yeah. killer. And you got to get him on his ass. Because if you don't, these people are going to run out the back door and get a hot dog soon. <laughs> or or just grab a, a pig and just start gnawing on it the way Gra these guys look. Yeah, yeah, grab a hot dog and start looking for Winnie the Pooh backstage. That's all I can figure out. <laughs> Looking for that honey, that sweet, sweet honey. It's got to be better than what's going on in the ring. <laughs> you got that right. Well, listen, man, we have arrived, thank God, to Halloween Havoc. I mentioned earlier the event takes place in New Orleans at the Lakefront Arena in front of 6,000 fans. 3,000 of them were paid. 
So that's a 50% paid card. Uh, it features matches that include guys like Steve Austin versus Dustin Rhodes for the U.S. title. Think about that. What a match. Rick Rude defending his world title against Ric Flair. Sid versus Sting to determine the franchise of the company. You have Cactus Jack versus Vader. Arn, Texas Deathmatch rules. And that's the uh, match from the spin the wheel, make the deal gimmick. But guess who's not on the card, Arn? Sting? Whose name did I not say was on that card? Me. I'll give you a that's right. You're not on the card. Any memory as to why you were left off Halloween Havoc? What the hell? Probably judging by previous uh, <laughs> previous matches, That's performa right. performances. Yeah. I think they probably told me to, to go into my house, go into the biggest closet I could find and sit there for at least the weekend. They sent you to get a hot dog after what they just watched. So I uh, just, yeah. 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 But, but so that's, so I, have, I, yeah. I have no defense. I can't right. say, look at the body of work over the last three weeks. Right. I demand to be on that show. Are you look kidding? what I did with the Kongs. Why am I not on Halloween Havoc? I ran back and forth across that ring. Not quickly, mind you, cause I'm not a speed urchin and hit both of those guys three times and neither one of them got close to wobbling. <laughs> I love this show. This episode may be my favorite of all time. Oh, so good. So no, Arn sat at home after that performance. Oh yeah. At least or yeah. I might've went to somebody else's house. that really didn't know me. Right. And I wouldn't get chastised and just snuck in their, their closet, stay there. <laughs> Arm was officially put in timeout after the performance with put the myself in timeout in a cave or somewhere. Something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're not going to run down the entire car, but we do want to mention a few of these matches specifically. Austin and Rhodes wrestled for the U.S. title 14 minutes. Austin is well on his way to being a singles competitor as the split between him and Flying Brian is full speed ahead on. They're ready to break those two up. Uh, he loses the match to a schoolboy from Dustin. Austin busted Dustin open with the title belt, so we got a little bit of blood. These are two of your favorites, Arn, Dustin and Austin. How much fun is it seeing Austin and Dustin elevated uh, to this level competing for the U.S. title? Yeah, you could tell even then both of them were going to move on to top guy status. Mm -hmm. You just you knew. They just they have it. In this business, you can look at a guy and watch him wrestle three or four or five times with different opponents. And if it's always better, different, whatever adjectives you want to tack on to it, uh, more creative, whatever, you can just tell when a guy's got it and both of them had it. So you have that match, great match, two future stars. There are already stars here, but I mean, obviously Austin goes on to mega stardom, uh, unlike we've ever seen. And then Flair gets his rematch against Rick Rude for the newly anointed international. It's now called the international world title. That one goes 19 minutes, 56 seconds. Flair knocks out Rude with his own foreign object this time around. Randy Anderson reverses the call. Uh, of second referee, Terry Taylor and, and rude was awarded the contest, another heel finish and rude then gets the win against nature boy. And we have a question here from Scott golden. He says, Arn, what did you think of Terry Taylor as a special guest referee 
for Rick's match with Rick Rude. Did you like that addition? You a fan of uh, of kind of having Terry Taylor there as a guest referee? Well, Terry was a tremendous talent, excellent worker. You know, good psychology and all that. I don't know where he fit in the storyline. How, how did yeah. he get there? You know? Yeah, right. Just to plug him in there, I don't think it's like you would have, let's just say, if you had Harley Race for a special referee, you knew Harley was going to do something impactful because he's Harley Race. I right. don't know why Terry got chosen and put in that spot. It seems random. Just like a, a named official that we know he's been a wrestler to add another layer, but why? You don't need that. You got Flair and Rick Rude. So, uh, it's a controversial decision. You move on. We got sting versus Sid. That's a featured attraction on this pay-per-view and they're competing. As I said, on franchise of WCW, we have our fourth clip of the week and the end of this one. And we're going to take a look at what happened here. Halloween havoc, 1993, our fourth clip. We have five total this week. Here we go. And an equally as determined man who will never say die. And he walked right into the boot. I'll tell you, Sid just seems to be one step ahead as long as he's got the Colonel, too. It's a legend maker's match right here. And again, back to the squeeze. Richie's teeth apparently still in this one, and Nick Patrick's going to make sure. Not much left in that arm. Colonel's telling you to ring the bell, Tony. Well, I can't ring the bell. Colonel's telling anybody to ring the bell. He don't even know who's got the bell. Sting is still in it. He fights again. Sting out of nowhere. He oh, caught the box in. What a comeback by the Stinger. Head first into the canvas. Sting. The pain is peeling off, but not the heart. Not the determination. Not the desire. The Stinger splash. Another buckle. Hits it again. Sits down! The Colonel's down! He's got everybody's foot. Look at this. Colonel don't know who's like to grab. He grabs Sits! Franchise in WCW now! 
saying his eyes ain't so good. He couldn't tell which foot he had. Oh, no. Colonel trying to apologize to Big Sid Vicious, who's going to forget about it and just walk out of here. All right, Arn, thoughts on how that one ended with uh, Parker not knowing whose foot he's grabbing, finally grabs the right one. How did you like just the overall finish of that? I did not like the execution. It made the Colonel just look stupid. Yeah. And the only way you could have saved that, again, here's the Monday morning quarterback thing, is for Sid to kick the crap out of the Colonel and turn babyface. You got a brand new babyface that night. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This would be proved to be the catalyst to start that baby face turn. Uh, they wanted to move him into that position and, but I don't know, like you said, just have him do it right then and there turn right here in this way, power bomb him. Uh, our research guy, he put it right here in the notes. He said, why not have him hit the power bomb right then and there on Colonel on Colonel. That's right. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, uh, we're all on the same page with that one. Finally, the main event of the evening, it features Vader taking on cactus Jack. As I said earlier in that Texas death match, the WCW title is not on the line as the issue is personal here with this one. Aren't the match marks the official blow off of the 10 month issue that really kicked off with Vader power bombing cactus on that concrete floor, uh, back in April when we covered that. This one goes about 16 minutes and it's our final clip of the week. We're going to see how this Texas death match ended, man. What a, what a physical contest. The legs of the chair stand right down to the shoulder. Cactus Jack. Get what, what's, what's that Harley's got? What was that clicking sound? I don't know. Harley race was trying to shield the camera. Race has got something. Something in his hand. Whatever it was, he jammed it back in his pocket. Vader going up. Vader! 
the world champion with an incredible moonsault. 15 seconds in the rest period. And the match goes on. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. The match continues. Cactus has a 10 count to get, he made it. And now here's where Vader's devastating. Lefts and rights in the corner, shoveling them in on Cactus. Throws him out to the runway. Grace has the chair. Cactus bounces back. Vader carrying him back up to the runway, back to the graves again. Oh, falls back. Oh, Jesus. Whoa. That was 400 and some pounds. Yeah. Watch out for race, too. He broke some ribs here. He had to break some ribs. Vader with the chair. He's measuring him. It's amazing. Whack. Well, what can you say other than they're beating the hell out of each other? Look at this, he's laying the chair down. Race has called for a DDT onto the chair. He hit it. Oh. Look, Nick Patrick checking Cactus to see if he's still in it. It's over, says Vader. Not only is it over, Cactus's career might be over. I mean, the guy's a loony to want to come back to this. Look at this. All right, we got the trainer out. Paramedics are out here. Yeah, paramedic Chuck Tache, who was our trainer, is out. Check and see if Cactus Jack can continue. They may stop this thing right now, and I think it would be good if they did. Well, he's got the 30 seconds will be up. That gives him 10 more. Watch out. Watch out. Vader pushing everybody out of the way. He's got the WCW. He threw the medical bag away. And the chair. He's covering him. There's the official three count. The 30-second rest period begins. Rest period? Yeah, it's Kopets a rest. Kopetsky calls this a rest period? It's a rest for all our fans. Fans encouraging Harley Race. Race and what? He's got something in his hand. 10 seconds. Eight, seven, six. The match continues. Jack DDT Vader and landed back on the chair, Jesse. Both are down. Jack's working his way up. What has Race got in his hand? He's got some electric prodder. He stung him with it. He got him with volts of electricity, Tony. And Vader's up. Vader's up at 10, this match is over. Ladies and gentlemen, Vader rose to his feet first. He wins the match, the Texas Death Match. Here is your winner, Vader.
Sheamus had some sort of... Whatever it was, he used it. Jack was to his feet as well. As a matter of fact, he's probably the first man to his feet. Well, race is paying for it now. Well, Vader will win the Texas Death Match and spin the wheel, make the deal. Okay, so a few things here. First of all, the research guy does a lot of great work for the show constantly week in week out. He adores this match. One of his favorites from WCW, but here's the thing. And he even brings this up the toughest man walking God's green earth and the whole taser bit. Why that match was so badass. I don't think we needed it to end with the taser being what ends the whole thing. What do you think? Arnold? No, no, absolutely not. I'll just say this about cactus. Um, I've given him credit and I'll give him credit again. He, every time he went to the ring, he gave you 200% and just served his body up for execution. There's no other way to put it and did everything humanly possible to kill himself. That was brutal. That stage didn't give, it's not padded. Those chairs are still chairs you know, if, if your timing is not just perfect on those DDTs, man, you're just driving your head through a solid rampway. Listen to this. First, Cactus busts, which we didn't see, Vader open the hard way inside the first four minutes of the match, Arn. Vader throws his mask off, his eyes cut, it's visibly swelling. Cactus climbs on Vader's back, drops straight back on the, on the, uh, on, on the ramp. A shovel was brought on the plane of this match. Uh, Cactus is thrown off the ramp. They're outside brawling. Uh, uh, it's almost, hey, thankfully the taser does come. Something had to stop this match before they really killed each other. But the level of violence uh, between these two super heavyweights, it's, it's, it's incredible, guys. If you haven't watched this match or maybe haven't watched it in a long time, go back and watch it. It feels like it was a match before the, obviously way before the Attitude Era. Or, or some of this stuff. This is back in 1993, and these two just beat the living hell out of each other. Just going back to that where he was on his back, had him piggyback and went down. Yes. Just from experience, knowing how things feel out there, that was the worst bump of the match that we saw. Yeah. That was on that clip. Had to break it. Had to break a couple of ribs or crack a couple of ribs. There's no way it couldn't. Not with a man the size of Vader squishing you like that. Yeah, and he, you know, he put some torque on it on the way down. You know, it was bad. A wrestling historian wants to know: Would Cactus Jack have a good been a good fit as WCW champion? Thanks in advance. No, I don't think so. He was better just being this this monster that you could beat all to hell and just couldn't get him to stay down. Right. You know, your champion had to be uh, someone that would draw kids and girls and Good point. sell merchandise and all those things. That was his job description. Jack had a whole different job description. 
Brian Haremza writes, at this point, Mick Foley has become known for these crazy and hardcore matches. Did Arn think that Mick's style would be something that could be successful back at this time period, 93? Did you see this, witnesses, what he was up to and think, man, this is going to be success? I mean, eventually we know how it turns out, but did you think, what were you thinking back in these days? I thought he was going to be crippled the very next match. If he wasn't tonight, it has to be the next time he goes to the ring. You know, because I just, that was all I could see is because he would go over and above, you know, in those days, if you took a, uh, something off of the apron and, you know, you hit that cement floor, it don't give, it does not give. And he would just put himself through all kind of just God awful, God awful bumps that if you wrestled and you knew what, what was happening and you didn't feel compassion for the guy because you saw that, man, this guy's going to be crippled one day. And if you see him walking around now, he pretty much is. But he's still out there smiling and, you know, signing autographs and, you know, thanking the people for super, supporting. Super sweet one. to the people. He's, he is amazing. He's yeah. still giving everything he has for the business. Sure. Well, Arn, listen, following this uh, Halloween Havoc, WCW goes overseas for a tour of England. Um, and there's some cr- uh, changes in creative after that trip. And, the, and that is how we're going to wrap this episode up. First, let's talk about um, the planned breakup between you and Paul Roma. This angle has a number of moving parts and includes Paul Orndorff, The Assassin, Stunning Steve Austin. Um, it also occurred over weeks of television. Um, and as we move through that, uh, there's some signs that ha- end up happening between you and Roma at, during a match taped on October 6th. It wouldn't air until November 20th of 93 as part of WCW Saturday night. But you wrestle Orndorff in singles action, winning the match by DQ when stunning Steve Austin came to the ring and interfered on Orndorff's behalf. Roma comes out to make the save and you are angry with Roma questioning. Where were you, dude? Where are you? You challenge Orndorff and Austin to a tag match for the next week, saying that you would get someone to watch your back, implying that Roma could not get the job done anymore. Uh, so there we go. We're advancing the storyline of breaking up you and Paul. And then during the same tapings, you taped the tag team match where you and Roma took on Orndorff and Austin in a match that was not scheduled to air until November 27th. So it was Steve Austin with Robert Parker and, and, uh, Paul Orndorff, uh, defeating yourself and Paul at 11 minutes, 39 seconds. When Steve Austin pins you after Orndorff comes off the top rope behind the referee's back. And, uh, during the finish, the assassin climbs up on the corner, directs Roma not to make the save for you. But, uh, man, the entire creative between you and Roma was dropped. What can you tell us? Do you remember when all this, the plan was put into motion to finally say, Arn, you and Roma are done. We're splitting you up. Um, can you remember and, and kind of share with the audience? No, but I, can, that to I can tell you about reliving it. They could have got to it a lot quicker for me. Yeah. Because I knew from day one, it just, it just, when something is wrong, and you know it's wrong, it's wrong. And every Paul knew it, I knew it. It's just no one was really comfortable. And it was just still, it wasn't even a feature match. It was on today, off tomorrow. 
Yeah. And, and the professor, Drew Landry, has a question I already know, and we know how you're going to answer it. He wants to know if this split with Roma came at the right time, or in your mind, it could have come earlier and it would have been fine by you, I think, right? Yep. Yes, it would. Well, listen, we, uh, that's going to conclude our coverage of October, 1993. We're going to wrap up the episode with a couple of questions from our fans and ad free shows. Dylan wants to know if there was ever consideration of putting stunning Steve Austin and the four horsemen. Do you remember if that was ever a conversation? Mm, no, don't think so. Okay. Um, uh, it would have been what, fun though. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 It'd have been great. I don't know. You know, I don't know when, when it would have been, to be honest with you. He, uh, we have a question from Gavin and he says, Eric Bischoff has said he felt like in the mid nineties going forward that Halloween havoc was the premier event on WCW's calendar, not Starcade. Do you agree that Starcade's prestige faded after a couple of battle bowls or was it still the granddaddy of them all? No, I, I don't think it had the luster of what it once did, obviously. Um, but I would have to, you'd have to give me two cards side by side to, to go, okay, which is better and why. Yeah. If, Halloween Havoc, they certainly did a nice job of making it a spectacle. They're dressing up the stage. Um, and I guess, you know, to his point here, they started doing the battle bowls. That really didn't get over with the, the, the fans for Starcade. Just tried to make it too cute. Yeah, there was a lot of gimmicky stuff that, yeah. that the office was trying. And I'm sure when we see Halloween Havoc, if you watch it back, it's got a lot of gimmicky stuff, Halloween-based. Sure. To try to bring some entertainment to the show. But when you see violent matches like we just saw, I'm, I'm, I might be leaning more towards a Halloween Havoc-style pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. Well, buddy, listen, that's going to wrap us up for this episode, Arn. And uh, as we get out of here this week, again, another reminder, check it out. It's coming out soon. That book, Arn Anderson, My Life as Wrestling's Enforcer. Uh, they've been on the boat. They've rowed the boat over. They're starting to unpack. They're starting to ship. I know I'm excited, Arn. I know you're excited. And uh, speaking of excited, you know what comes next week, Arn? We're back. Ask Arn anything. Okay. That's what it means. Almost got to put almost in there. Got to put almost listen. And this is what we're going to do guys. Okay. And I know we get a lot of questions for these episodes. We're going to hit you with an ask Arn almost anything the first week in November. Then we're going to roll for a few weeks. And then Arn and I, the last two episodes of the year, I'm talking Christmas and new years, those two episodes, we're going to save as both ask Arn and anything's because we get a lot of questions and sometimes we don't get to hit them all. It'd be nice for Arn and I to record those two shows. We're going to have fun, let our proverbial hair down and, uh, have a good time to wrap up the year. Arn, does that sound like a good, good deal to you? Whatever makes our audience happy <laughs> works for it. me. Works for me. Good plan of action, my man. Yep. So get your questions in now. We'll do that at the beginning of November, and then we'll start to wrap up 93 and head into 94 for the next few weeks after, and then wrap up the year with a lot of Ask Arn Almost Anything questions. Man, I can't believe we're already talking about heading into the end of this year. It's flying by, brother. Yeah, buddy. It's been fun, though, right? 
It has. Listen, we appreciate all of your support, guys, and thank you so much for being a part of it. Again, next week, ask Arn almost anything on behalf of the founder of the Four Horsemen, the author, the enforcer. He's Arn Anderson. This is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right back here next week on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.